Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, let me just say this to start. You know, I'm, I'm well aware that many, many times on the show, I tend to focus on the issues and problems that plague our world of youth and amateur sports. You know, I, I get that, and I'm sure you do as well. But sometimes, I have to remind myself to, to take a pause and to, to step back and to reflect on some of those simply amazing stories that do take place in the world of youth and amateur sports. And this morning, well, before we get to a, to a sports edge police blotter incident about a dad who ran out on the wrestling mat and tackled his son's opponent during a match. Yeah, that, that really happened. Well, first, I want to tell you about a couple of teenagers who didn't let their personal anger or frustration or disappointment get in the way of making their dreams come true in sports. Now, I have to tell you, over the years, I found that young athletes in particular love to hear these kinds of true stories because it helps to, to reinforce to them that dreams really can come true, although in sometimes in rather unexpected ways. And as I tell you these two stories this morning, keep them in mind the next time your, your youngster hits a, hits a rough patch in their budding sports career. Okay, here's the first one. This first kid was an ice hockey player. Actually, he was a, it was a goalie. And he grew up in British Columbia in Canada. And he was a very, very good goalie. Uh, he played hockey all the time, right up until the, around the age of 16, and as he climbed the ladder and competed against other hockey goalies and then began to try out for the top junior A teams in his area, well, the truth is it became increasingly apparent that this youngster, he was good, but he was not destined to someday play in the National Hockey League. Discouraged, the teenager gradually began to give up on his ice hockey dream, didn't know quite sure what he wanted to do next, but as he sort of looked around, tried other sports, and mind you, he was a terrific athlete. He found that even though he hadn't played much baseball in his life, he turned out to be not just good at baseball, but terrific. An athlete with exceptional skills, power, and quickness. So, around the age of 16 or 17, he really began to focus his attention to baseball. And by the time he was 18, he not only was drawing the attention of pro scouts in Canada, well, yeah, not for ice hockey, but for baseball. Now, I think you, you probably know the rest 
of Larry Walker's story. <laughs> and, and the moral of the still tale? Well, of course, Larry Walker didn't give up, and of course, he didn't specialize in just one sport. Okay, I, I mentioned the Larry Walker story because, again, growing up in British Columbia, he wanted to play, like many, many Canadian kids, just want to play hockey, and that's what he did. In fact, one of his best friends growing up in his neighborhood uh, was a future NHL star, Cam Neely. So Larry was very, very focused on playing hockey. It just when he realized and he got to the, uh, the Junior A tryouts and began to realize this is not working the way I wanted to, he then said, okay, let me try this baseball. He, didn't, he, he confessed he didn't play much baseball as a kid, but as he got into it, he played more and more and began to really develop. Okay, the second story is about a teenager, well, in his very first season of professional baseball. He's playing in the low minors. He made an astounding 56 errors in one season at Greensboro in the South Atlantic League. It was back in 1993. The South Atlantic League is often referred to as the, the Sally League. Now, I got to tell you, 56 errors, <laughs> as a former pro ball player myself, that is a lot of errors by an infielder. And I will tell you that, yeah, in fact, I actually played in the Sally League myself. Uh, long before 1993, and I made a lot of errors. But looking back at the record books, I found that I only made about 18 in one season in the Sally League. And yes, I know, trust me, I've been there, I've done this. The fields in the Sally were not good. They were full of pebbles and rocks, and they were always uh, as hard as asphalt, you know, baked by the Carolina sun. The lights at night were weak. But as I said, you know, 56 errors, that, that is a ton of errors. But hey, that kid, that young shortstop, he persevered, and he worked on his defense in the offseason endlessly. He worried about his career. He wanted to know, how can I improve upon myself? And of course, he did, and by the following year, not only had his, his game improved dramatically in the defensive category, but of course, he grew up to become Derek Jeter. Now, <laughs> these are both true stories, both inspirational, and yet they both focus on how young athletes uh, deal with adversity as they make their way in sports. And, of course, as we know, Larry Walker and Derek Jeter are now both Hall of Famers. But, again, this to me is the beauty and the fun of youth sports because you never know. You never know what's going to happen as, as young, talented athletes who are determined begin to grow up and spread their wings. It's, it's as simple as that. And, again... If you would time, we could turn back the clock back to when these kids were teenagers and you looked at Larry Walker putting away his, his goalie pads, you say, well, who knows? Maybe um, he had a nice run as a hockey goalie, but maybe that's just the way it is. He's no longer going to play hockey and he'll go out and get a job and, and do something else in life. But to a lucky break, he ended up playing baseball. A Montreal Expo scout, a famous scout named Jim Fanning, uh, discovered him playing baseball and, of course, signed him and became Larry Walker. And with Derek Jeter, of course, yes, he was a first-round pick. But even back in those early days, there was no guarantee that Derek Jeter was ever going to go on to become the superstar he is. And the fact is, you know, he had to spend a lot of nights, a lot of evenings, spend a lot of times calling home uh, back to Kalamazoo, Michigan, you know, trying to get support and comfort from his parents as to what this is all about and will he ever, in fact, you know, get it to the next level. And again, this is what kids go through. It, it is a grind. It is tough. But they always need to know from you as a sports parent, they need, they turn to you for support, 
for a smile, for a pat in the back, to, to make them know that this is not all for naught, that it's actually going to get them to the God-given level of potential that they have. Now, again, in Walker's case, uh, he was a you know, five, what they say, a five-tool player, uh, tremendous in every aspect of baseball, great athlete, and, of course, Derek Jeter we know about. But, again, this is what kids do when they chase their dreams in sports. It's as simple as that. Okay. I mentioned a few minutes ago, I have an incident from the, the Sports Edge police blotter. We haven't visited the police blotter in a while, but this one is uh, exceptional. And as you hear the, the situation, as you hear what I'm talking about with his father running on to a wrestling mat to basically tackle his son's opponent, you, you, there, you know, it sounds on, on the face like it's straightforward and that this man should be punished. And indeed he has been. But I want to get your side of you think this is, uh, this is the way to go in this and what your reaction is to this case. And as always, we'll take your calls at one 337 When I come back after Mark Ernay's update, I'll get right to the story, and I look forward to your comments. Stay with me. I want to read you uh, this account that came in from several news uh, stories uh, last week, and perhaps you saw the video yourself, uh, but I'll explain to you. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, in short, the, the father of a North Carolina high school wrestler, he jumped into the middle of his son's match, and he slammed the, the kid's uh, rival uh, to the floor, and this, of course, ended up with the father being arrested. Now, this, this, as I said in some accounts, this, un, this unplanned tag team incident uh, unfolded uh, when these two wrestlers, one was from Southeast Guilford High School and the other from Hickory Ridge High School, uh, were competing uh, down in North Carolina. The, the Guilford wrestler, and this is what caused the father's outrage, the Guilford wrestler picked up and threw his Hickory Ridge opponent to the mat. He came down basically on the, on the, uh, the, the top of the kid's back near the neck. Now, the official you know, working the, the match is right there, and he immediately stepped in and called that as an illegal move. It's dangerous. The wrestler who was slammed to the mat, however, you know, he popped up right away. He wasn't injured at all. So he, was, he got up and was ready to keep on going in, during the course of the competition. Both of the wrestlers separated. As I said, uh, they were ready to move on, where suddenly you see in the video a fellow named Barry Jones, who's the father of the kid who was slammed to the mat from Hickory Ridge, you see him sprinting right onto the mat, running from the stands, and he tackles the other kid, the Guilford wrestler, he tackles him at full speed. It, it's unbelievable. I mean, what, what, what am I watching here? The video, as I said, is just startling. The kids are, during the course of this action, they're, they're concentrating, they're facing each other as wrestler, you know, wrestlers begin to take the measure of each other, and they're ready to engage when suddenly, from the right of the screen, this full-grown father comes sprinting and flies into the high school wrestler, knocking him down. He tackles him. It looked like something, out, quite frankly, out of a pro wrestling stunt, <laughs> but of course, this was real. Eventually, you know, uh, after chaos, the, the, the father was tackled and he was held to the ground. Uh, he was arrested. Barry Jones was the father. Charged with simple assault and disorderly conduct. Uh, he was released after posting a $1,000 bail. Uh, the kid who was slammed to the mat, the 17-year-old, he, he was not injured. Um, but the point is, everybody who's seen this said, no, the, the referee was working the match. He made the call. The kids were fine. Um, that's on dispute. 
the question is, and by the way, you know, the, the people from Hickory Hitch High School, uh, you know, they've totally apologized for all this and so on and so forth. So all the other parents of the wrestlers on the team, you know, obviously had, you know, said this is wrong. We're embarrassed by this. But the question is, you know, is we understand, we understand that, that certainly this, what the father did was wrong. I mean, you can't go out and tackle an opposing uh, athlete uh, in a high school varsity competition. But here's the irony to me. A number of people who commented on this said, you know, I can understand why that father did what he did. I mean, I was concerned for if I were in that father's shoes, I would be worried about my kid being hurt uh, and, and that illegal move. And, you know, I can understand his outrage and his outburst of emotions. And uh, I'm not so quite sure that he did the wrong thing here, trying basically as a good sports parent to do the right thing. So this is where I want to talk about this today. And I'm eager to get your calls at one 337 6666 because I just have a sense what seems like a, a, a straightforward, terrible uh, uh, move by a sports parent may not be as simple as we think. Okay, let's, let's start our, our conversation this morning. Let's go out to Colts Neck. Hey, Gary, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, uh, Rick. Hey, I'm, I'm just driving, and I'm just shaking my head over here as I'm driving with my two dogs. I, I don't go. You know, it's kind of comical. I know it sounds crazy, but what's going on with people? You know what? You sign up for wrestling, whatever sport it is. It is a little bit of an aggressive sport, obviously. But come on now. I mean, what's wrong with these parents? I, I just think it's totally insane what I'm actually hearing. I, I don't know where we're going with this whole thing with parents and kids. Let these kids just play the game, whatever, wrestle, you name it. But I understand the kid didn't probably do it on purpose. It just happens, you know. But no one got hurt, thank God. If someone got hurt, you still don't have the right to jump out over there as a parent. Next time, you're going to hear about the parent because the one kid got pinned. The other parent's going to fight the other parent on the wrestling match. That's what's probably going to happen next. <laughs> I mean, it's a crazy world. I'm sorry. Nothing Gary? What you got to say with that one, Rick? I, 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 I tell you, I, um, what, you, what you say is probably not far from the truth. Uh, thank you for your thoughts this morning. And I agree. Uh, Obviously, this, this, is, this is where we are today where, yeah, I think we've all been there as, as sports parents. You know that when your son or daughter goes out to compete, whether as a wrestler, football player, hockey player, field hockey, whatever lacrosse, whatever the sport may be, that there's always an assumption of the risk that uh, he or she might get injured. We understand that. And we know, I think the, the, the distinction is that for a lot of uh, the, the parents, we understand that, um, okay, it's one thing if a kid gets hurt accidentally. But if it seems that it was done intentionally, well, now your blood pressure just goes to the roof, and I'm not. You see red, and all of a sudden, I'm just going to race out to the field and and uh, you know basically get equal justice for my youngster because I can't rely upon the referees or the officials or the coaches to do the right thing. Clearly, now this father has not spoken yet. At least I've not seen any accounts about this. But you know, clearly that's most of what's going through his mind. As I said, some of the online comments sort of said, sort of you know, said, "Well, I feel sorry for this father because I understand what he's going through." It's 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 very strange. It's very very frightening. It's it's bizarre. But let's 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 get some more thoughts about this. Um, let's see. Let's go over to uh, Steve in Brooklyn. Steve, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. How are you? Good, Steve. What do you think about this situation? Well, this is a quick aside. Believe it or not, um, 
the move that that boy pulled off is actually legal and awarded five points in Greco-Roman and Olympic style. So it's possible that the boy does some of that wrestling and just instinctively did what he's trained to do if he wrestles in the other style. But that's mm -hmm. not what I call to talk about. Okay. Um, the only time as a parent I know I would ever run out onto a court would be in defense of my child, exactly what the prior caller said. Otherwise, you let the referees take care of it. I've been, I wrestled for four years. I've been slammed as just as hard as that and would be completely mortified um, if my dad were to run out in the middle of, of, uh, of the contest. It's completely unacceptable. I disagree with anybody who's commenting uh, otherwise on uh, your, your page or wherever you're getting your social media from. Well, you know, it's funny, uh, and I'm glad, obviously, you, you have experience in, in, as a wrestler. You know, uh, there are other ramifications about this, Steve. I mean, the fact is, what, what do you think... <laughs> What do you think the kid, the son of this dad, you know, what do you think his reaction must have been afterwards? What kind of conversation does he have with his father uh, on the way home? Or, or, you know, how does this all play out between the father and son's relationship? Again, these are not five-year-olds. These are 17-year-olds. Uh, no, and having done it, I would say I appreciate your instinct to defend me, Dad, but this is the sport I signed up for. It, it is a violent sport. Yep. The, the, the opponent only made a mistake that happens... You know, once a meet where there's an illegal slam or move, and it's usually not intentional. They wrestle forever. No one ever took it personally between the opponent. I would say, Pat, if you're going to do that anymore, you can't come anyway. And the reason why you probably haven't heard the father speak yet is because he's been advised by counsel not to say anything. It would be unwise on his behalf to actually speak at this point in the beginning because he was arrested. He's probably charged with some kind of yeah. He's got you know, he's, got, he's a, looking at two misdemeanors. Uh, and, and look, we're not, yeah. I just want to be clear about this, uh, and I, I, obviously you feel the same way. I'm not trying in any way to condone this father's actions. I mean, no, I know you're not. Oh yeah, because clearly, the, the, this, if he if he had somehow, because he, as you saw from the video, he hits that kid pretty hard. The kid didn't see it coming. He's blindsided like a quarterback being hit by, uh, on his blind side by a, a by a defensive lineman. If that uh, kid got hurt. You know, if that kid yeah. got hurt, we have th that father would be looking at more than just a couple of misdemeanors. Uh, it, it was it was terribly. I mean, I, I described it to someone else. He absolutely blew the kid up. Uh, as you know, and he was he was a, a large sized adult. That no, no boy, that was, boy was probably not more than 140 pounds from what right. it looked like to me. Yeah, I thought maybe in the 140, 150 range, but the father was obviously mature and it certainly had to be 50, 60 pounds heavier going full speed. Steve, With I, a hopeful, and, and totally by surprise. That, that kid, he didn't see him until he was hit, which yeah. is completely blind. That would get you thrown out of a college football game almost. Oh, absolutely. Steve, thanks for the call. Let me move on to, uh, let's go to, to Mike over in East Rockaway this morning. Hey, Mike, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. I uh, called you a couple of weeks ago. I'm still in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I was going to say, you're, you're, not in, you're not in East Rockaway. You're, you're down, down south, right? 700 miles south of East Rockaway. Yeah, South oh. Carolina, Myrtle Beach. Okay. Um, I, I'm just picking up your signal, Rick, and I'll tell you what. Uh, I've been listening to you. You know that. 17 yep. years. And you can't make this stuff up. Nope. Uh, the gentleman who just called, I, I've said that for years to my dad, rest his soul. You know, the faces may change, but the stuff stays the same. The more physical the sport the more overreactive dads become, moms become, coaches become. And to see that, uh, witness that on the video, and that father, you know, he outweighed this poor wrestler. He just came sprinted out, blindsided him. And uh, 
on your show, Rick, maybe five years ago, the practice uh, 10-year-olds in Boston, hockey practice. We know about that. Others don't. I'll tell them. A parent, a father, got so excited at practice, didn't care for the coach, jumps the boards, outweighed him by 100 pounds, and pummels him, hitting him in the temple, kills the guy. Yep. Now he's got 20 years to ponder his, his, his psychotic uh, reaction. Yeah, I know. The thing is about this uh, is that, unfortunately, uh, in the world of sports today, things so many things are going on all the time. We unfortunately forget things that happened yeah. not that long ago. Yes, uh, we're, we're, that, that incident did take place in a rink outside of Boston. Uh, the yep. father uh, and the coach got into it, uh, and the father did, in fact, uh, kill the coach. Um, and, and he did go to jail, not 20 years, I think he went for six years. But, oh, I mean, wow. I mean, it's, come on, this, is, this happens. And, you know, he was, the incident um, it was about the fact that the father felt that the coach, um, and it wasn't even a game, it was a practice situation, as I recall, yep. that, the, that yep. the kid wasn't getting enough attention, wasn't getting enough ice time, whatever it was, but the father just went ballistic. Now, again, these things, fortunately, seem to be fewer and fewer, but when these things do occur, uh, and I, I understand that, you know, when you're, when you're watching your kid play a sport, especially yep. a sport, a violent sport, a contact sport, and your kid goes down hurt, uh, the first instinct you have as a mom or dad, and we've all been there, we know this, is, my God, how badly is he or she hurt? Is it a knee injury? Is it a concussion? Is it, is it right. knocked out? Right. So you, yep. your first instinct goes to protect your child. We understand that, and we do see, you know, from time to time, uh, as your you know, your heart's in your throat and you hold your breath, is he or she getting up? Are they moving? Are they moving their limbs? Eventually, right. you, you, the, you know, the head coach is out there, the trainer's out there, whatever it might be, and then you might see the, the parent go out to the field to help out to see just how badly they're hurt. But it's a different, sure. different situation, obviously, when the parent decides, you know what, in this case, he wasn't so much concerned, apparently, uh, about his son, uh, Mike, but he's more about getting uh, vengeance and justice on the other kid. Uh, right, he, and that's, that's totally outrageous. I mean, like, come on. I mean, um, he didn't yeah. run out. He didn't run out to the mat. And mind you, again, the video is very clear. The kid gets you know thrown to the mat. Okay, fine, illegal move. You know, the reps are right on top of it. Kid pops yep. up like, okay, let's move on. Let's get back to the match. So the father didn't race out to see how the kid was. What he did was he just basically steamrolled the kid's opponent. Like, how dare exactly you do that? Exactly right. And that's right. that's where you have a situation where okay, let's slice this up here because you can't you can't do that. And and. Uh, Hey, you know, hey, Mike. Let me move on. But thank you for the call. Of this course, morning. Rick. Good talking with you. And, and and that's what I think we we have to sort of draw a line here because we understand parents are obviously consumed uh, with their kids' health and welfare. But you can't go out and then basically say, "Now I'm just going to no, now I'm going to punish the other kid." Uh, now that that's where I think people have to sort of look at this objectively and make it make a, a point to themselves, like, "Hey, what is allowable and what isn't allowable?" Uh, again, we're talking about this incident where a father just basically raced out into a, a varsity wrestling match and tackled his son's opponent. Hit him pretty hard. Uh, the kid was not hurt, but the father felt the kid had, had uh, was trying to pull an illegal move on his son, and I guess the father just felt compelled to go out and to protect his kid from uh, any further damage. I'm taking your calls about this because, as I said, I've gotten some uh, reading online. People are thinking, no, that's okay. He did the right thing. He stood up for his son's uh, health. one 337 6666 is our number. 
Let me take a break. When I return, I will go right back to your calls. I'm eager to get more thoughts and comments about this incident. Uh, first, though, let's take an update. Mark Ernay is here this morning. I'll be back. Stay with me. Welcome back to the Sports Edge. Uh, a couple of quick notes. First of all, of course, I'm always eager to hear your feedback. And you can always, if you can't get through on the on the phone here to the fan, you can always go to my, my website, to my blog at askcoachwolf.com. And uh, as always, uh, don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. You get it for your athlete. Uh, you can go to Amazon and either get it in print form or as an ebook. Or an audible, uh, you know, either one you to do. But I just said we always talk about our kids today. Spend a lot of time on the physical approach to their sport, and that's great. But they often don't spend much time on how they mentally prepare for their competitions as well. Okay, we're talking this morning about this this incident down in North Carolina in a high school wrestling match, where a father literally came out of the stands and tackled his son's opponent uh, during the course of a match because I guess he felt that uh, his son had been the victim of a potentially dangerous move uh, by the opponent, and the father just gave in to his impulses. And uh, there's a video of this that's uh, gone viral. You can see the father just, who's a big guy, just coming out of nowhere, uh, sprinting at pretty good speed and hitting this kid and the kid was fortunately not injured uh but it was just bizarre as i mentioned earlier it was like something out of a out of a professional wrestling stunt um the father was arrested charged with two misdemeanors and and has not commented about this uh but it just shows you and we all know about being a sports parent when your kid goes out to play a sport you know, they run the risk of, of getting injured. Uh, you know, that's just the way contact sports are. Uh, and in this case, the father must have felt, well, I'm going to be the judge and jury and go out and just punish this kid for doing something illegal to his son. Let's take your calls. one 337 6666 I'm eager to hear from, from a Hall of Fame coach Jack Smithlin about all this because, uh, Jack, I know you, you were a wrestling coach for a long time. Uh, what, what's your take on this whole situation? Well, well, Rick, it's it's so funny because after I heard this story and I saw the video and I actually read a couple of your blogs about people that actually thought it was an okay thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I called a good, I called a very good friend of mine who was actually the head coach of the wrestling team that I coached, um, a guy named Frank Guanino, who is unbelievable, you know, like a big power coach. Every year he had power teams. And he said exactly the same thing that I said, that it was completely appalling. I mean, in all my 44 years of coaching at the varsity level and, and lower levels, I've never seen anything like this. And, and the problem is, is and I've heard it, and, and I've watched it. Why didn't he react to his son? Why didn't, why wasn't his first move to his son to see how his son was? You know, and we're impulsive, but impulsivity is also a controlled uh, emotion. It really is. I mean, I've worked with ADD and ADHD students for over 30 years. That was what I taught. I taught special ed, and I've worked with kids with impulsivity, and that's an impulsive reaction. It really is. But here is the opportunity for our administrators to actually set an example and really set an example. Teach the parents that this is not allowed. This is something that is completely outrageous. And, you know, what happens if that kid did get hurt? 
you know. And speaking to Frank Juanino about it, he said that it would if that wrestler that that father tackled couldn't continue, yep, and the other wrestler could, it would be probably go down as a double disqualification, penalizing the kid who got slammed, all right, and the kid you know who got you know slammed by the father. I mean, it's 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 just something that I think we could teach a lesson here. We really could. We could set an example. And listen, I've been impulsive many, many times. And if Frank's listening to this, he 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 knows I have, and and so has he, and we all have. But to not be able to control your emotions where you're going to injure a youth, a minor. I mean, it, it's just something that you know he got arrested, like you said. Um, he a thousand dollar bail. <laughs> I think it should have been more. I really do. But here's the question you ask those people that actually said it was okay to do. They feel for him and they understand, and he had the right to do it. Ask them what they would have felt if it was their son getting slammed by the father. Uh, Jack, uh, I, stuff, I, I, I think that's a pretty fair question. The thing, and I do want to mention, by the way, yes, he was arrested, and he does face charges for two misdemeanors. Uh, and he, the school district where his son goes to school, uh, quickly jumped in and and did send her a, a letter, a profuse apology to to the kid and the other kids' uh, school district. Um, and the father has now been totally banned uh, from not only from sporting events. Uh, but also from ever showing up anywhere in any part of the school district. They just don't want to see him on any of the of the campuses at the high school, middle school, whatever it might be. They don't want to see him. And this goes back he once again. Go, huh? Go ahead. Go I said, ahead. No, go ahead. This goes back to, again, and people don't think they don't want to hear this and they don't like it because it's so harsh, but it does send a message, and that is the whole concept of zero tolerance. Now, if, if, if this father had known, and maybe he wouldn't have cared, because obviously to do something so unbelievably rash and impulsive, and let's face it, he was obviously trying to hurt the other kid. He was going full speed. He knew yeah. that the kid was going to get, oh, you, know, you know. But it, the, the fact is, if you have a zero tolerance situation where you say to the parents, you understand if you do something stupid like try to injure an opponent or do, run out of the stands or you attack a referee or an official, uh. you're, you're going to have to pay a very, very st- steep price, meaning you're not going to be allowed to go to any more sporting events. You are just going to be banished. And, and you know, I, I may not have prevented this father from doing what he did, but at least for most parents, you, I think you have a sense of, well, maybe I don't want to do something stupid. And, again, the other part, again, we just talked about, Jack is is the fact that the 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 you know he didn't seem to care about his own son's health. He just wanted exactly. to basically I mean, he wanted to punish the other kid. I mean, maybe maybe what they should do is make this gentleman seriously take an anger management class. You well, know, I'm, like <laughs> there are people. <laughs> there are people. I mean, anger. This is this is actually further than anger because this this man and you've heard me talk and and one time when I was a guest on your show, we talked about a couple issues. One of the issues I talked about was repetition, 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 and we should think before we act and think before we speak. Think about the consequences. Now, well, impulsivity doesn't allow you to do that, but it's it's a crazy thing. But I Jack, think that you I, I, set I, an I, example. I agree, and I will tell you this: I know about you know we all have impulses, but yep. again, we come back to the basic reality that if you're an adult 
and you go watch a sporting event and where your son is competing, exactly. you're going to have to put those, those brakes on your impulses and say, you know what? Uh, I have to act the role of the grown-up. I have to be the adult. I can't give in to impulses like I'm a three-year-old. I have to behave myself. And obviously this, this father me, couldn't do it. So let me, let Jack, me ask let me, you this me, question before we get off. Go okay. ahead, go ahead, go, go. I've I got to right. take some other you calls. Go to your but, other callers. Okay, thank you, Jack. I appreciate the thoughts. And Jack, as always, brings great insight into this stuff because, you know, he's a wrestling coach for many years, and he knows of what it's like to watch your kids uh, compete, and uh, sometimes they get hurt. Let me just go over to, to uh, Staten Island. Hey, Tony, good morning. You're next up on the good fan. Morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, Tony. Hey, uh, you know, I officiate uh, youth sports. I've done it for a number of years, contact sports, you know, non-contact sports. Uh, you speak of impulses. I mean, one non-contact sport that I do do is flag football, yeah. and that is a non-contact sport, so there is no blocking. There is no shoving out of bounds. Uh, what, you know, you play the flag belt until possession of the ball occurs. There's no stripping of the ball, any of that. And uh, recently, I, uh, you know, in hearing this morning, and recently I, uh, you know, had a game, and I've done a number of games over the years, where, uh, you know, the other team is, uh, you know, pushing players out of bounds, uh, getting very physical in the flag football. Um, we throw flags, we enforce what we need to do. Um, and then the other coach, in impulse, as you speak, then directs or states to his kids, hey, push them out of bounds if they're pushing us out of bounds or get physical with them. You know, so there's an impulse, no different, you know, so no different than what we're hearing this morning, what we've seen on video. Um, you know, I get a parent-type coach, and we're talking, you know, 10-year-olds. 10, 10 so, uh, you know, I just wanted to add, um, you know, my experiences, um, you know, and, and really the impulses um, – that a coach that a coach could express. So um, thank Tony, you for the time. And uh, yeah, Tony, I'm glad I'm glad you called in, and uh, because that's that's these kind of reports that filter back to me. You know, they're concerning because, you know, if you just said these are coaches on the sidelines working with 10-year-olds playing, you know, uh, flag football, and they're saying, no, 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 you can push back, you know, you know, you can retaliate. These are not the kind of messages we want our coaches to be uh, putting into the heads of our kids. Um, again, I keep coming back to somebody has to play the role of the grown-up here and has to act in a grown-up and a mature manner. Yeah, we can rely upon the officials and refs and umpires you know, to do that job. But again, he can't have a constant kind of banter where coaches are basically urging their kids to, to retaliate. That does not work. That's not good sportsmanship. And it goes, it, quite frankly, it, it, it ends up in a very potentially dangerous situation. I mean, it's just wrong. And this incident out of Carolina, goodness gracious, so many things could have gone uh, badly here. Thank goodness the opposing wrestler did not get hurt. Uh, and we'll see how this plays out in court. Um, all right, let me, let me take another timeout. Uh, we'll, we'll take an update with Mark. When I come back, I'll return to your calls. We're talking about this bizarre incident out of North Carolina where a dad literally ran on to a wrestling mat uh, during the course of a match and tackled his son's opponent uh, and how, how strange and how dangerous this incident was. Let's, uh, let's go over to, uh, to Jim out in Huntington. Hey, Jim, good morning. You're on the fan. Ray, how are you? Good. How are you? Okay, well, I, I mean, the comment on the, by the wrestling coach, I'm an athletic director out here on Long Island, and, you know, that's a, obviously one of our biggest issues is dealing with, you know, parents and, um, 
and their actions and reactions. And, yep. and one of the things we deal with is anticipating. We, we know that half the crowd is going to be unhappy with something every time a call is made because sports is reactionary. Right. The second thing is kids today, I think, are status symbols of their parents just as cars and TVs were when you and I were kids. Oh, no, no question. The idea so, we, so once we get, once we understand that part, yeah. we can try to deal with it. But then again, we can train a group of parents to try to be nice, to try to be good, but then we get another group the next year and another group the yep. year after that. Yep. And each one comes with their own little, I guess, foible, for the lack of a better word. And the second thing we deal with most is security, trying to keep a secure, safe place for spectators, coaches, fans to go to. And if one person reacts in that way, we can't anticipate that. We try our best, but we can't anticipate one person reacting the way they do. Um, Of course it's bad, and of course there's consequences, and of course we've got to do what we have to do in order to keep a safe place. But that's such an outlier from what actually does happen at contests. And it shouldn't muddy the water for everybody else. Because as administrators, that's our number one thing to talk about, yes. is spectator behavior. Well, Jim, let me say this. Obviously, and I, I agree with you, uh, there's no question that a generation or two ago, uh, the idea of um, conspicuous consumption, uh, you know, parents used to, uh, if they wanted to feel good about themselves and let their neighbors know that they were doing well, they would, you know, say, well, I just bought a new Cadillac or exactly. I, joined a, I joined a country club. Nowadays, it's more about your kids. And, hey, my kid just got invited to be on an elite uh, travel or club team, or my kid is uh, making an all-county team. Whatever. We understand that. And to your point, and I agree with you, that for the vast majority of parents today, they have been paying attention. They do understand that they have to act the role of, of uh, being a mature adult at the kids' events. But, you know, there's always that small percentage. And as you said, we know that, you know, as, as the kids go through high school after four years, another group comes in that they educated as well. There's always that small percentage of moms and dads who don't think the rules apply to them or that their kid is somehow special and they need certain kinds of accommodations. I, you know, we know that security is in place at, at school events, but even if you have great security, she said, Jim, sometimes these, these parents are going to let their emotions override them and they, they make things really awkward and ugly. It's not, gonna, it's not going to stop it because, again, this, this gentleman was an outlier. And uh, there's no two ways about it. And I yep. agree with, I, I agree with the assessment. Why didn't he go look at and see how his kid was? Well, it's it's wrestling, and you've been to enough wrestling matches to know that it's a very, very, very emotional sport. Sure. And and parents are very emotional about it. But again, we do the best we can as as administrators, and our coaches are uh, are given the task of educating parents as well. Um, you'll go to a cheering competition, and there'll be issues with the parents at cheering competition. Uh, Jim, let me ask you this, because uh, obviously you are an athletic director. I mean, do you believe in, in zero tolerance? That if, you know, once this, you, you give a parent a second chance or something like this, and just give them a, a warning, or do you say no? You're gone. You're gone for the rest of the year. You're gone. You just you're not don't don't bother coming back. It's, well, something like that, where there's a physical confrontation, absolutely, he's gone. He's barred for life. I mean, I don't see any way for him to be able to get back in the game. Um, as far as someone yelling at an official and cursing where they get thrown out of a game, yes, they have to meet, be spoken to, and then we have to be assured that they're ready to go because it's still their child. Yes. It's still their child, and they still have a right to see that child participate in the sport. 
you don't lose everything because you have one indiscretion. But again, it doesn't give you the right to have that indiscretion either. There are consequences for it. Yeah, and I, I, Jim, I look. Obviously, you live this every day, and and it is difficult uh, because even when everything is in place, and you feel you've done a great job at educating the parents, you've had the preseason meetings, you've talked about all this stuff. We all know that there's nothing more emotional. Like you know, any sport is emotional, but certainly you know, wrestling or or ice hockey or soccer, people lose their cool, and it's difficult to try to understand them, to let them understand they have to sort of rein in and hold back their emotional impulses. Well, as I said before, in, in sports, half the crowd is going to be upset with something that happens as a reaction to something that goes on to the game. So half are going to be upset. There's a winner and a loser. Yeah, but so, there's other issues too, Jim, too. You know, we know that obviously there was, uh, we understand, of course, you know, the winning and losing, but sometimes the parents go nuts because they don't feel that the coaches... Oh, 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 no, no, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a whole other, that's something we deal with on a daily basis with playing time and so on. Yes, so on exactly, because that, and that's a, a topic I've covered, uh, you know, numerous times over the years, and, and that's, that's always... a whole uh, different kettle of fish, but again, those are the same kind of parents who are having a problem with well how come it doesn't the coach want to win why doesn't he put my kid in the game blah 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 so it, it's it's tough and well uh, because well the, the the one and again we go back to that thing because now kids are an investment where my dad might have paid thirty dollars for me to go to a basketball camp now it's three thousand dollars to play on tra- a travel baseball team yes, yes you know so so when you have that financial investment you expect a return on your investment you know, it's, I, it's not like you went and bought a cheeseburger. You, you're making you're making an investment here, and that's why it's gotten so emotional. Uh, it is, it, yeah, and that, I think if there's one way we could figure out to uh, to try to get parents to control their emotions, as you said, whether it's about their kids' health and welfare during the course of a match or a game, or obviously you said the investment they put into it financially as a kid is trying to progress up that uh, difficult and steep ladder of competition. Jim, thank you for your comments. They're good ones. Thank you. Okay, that's going to do it for this edition of the Sports Edge. Uh, obviously, this is something was an outlier, but we know these things happen all the time. As you heard from the comments, uh, good calls this morning. we got to make sure we're aware and always reminding our parents you got to be a grown-up. you got to act in a mature fashion at your kids' games. That's it for me. My thanks this morning to Connor Green. Stick around for JJ. I'll talk to you next week right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.